ESPN 690 and Action Sports Shacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! But what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Kiki Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio. ESPN 690. Why well, do you like the idea of Calvin Ridley in Rappaport reporting that uh, it's a done deal for the Atlanta Falcons to trade Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for some complex draft compensation? A maximum 2023 fifth rounder. That's next year. A 2024 second rounder. That's two years from now. And, of course, Ridley can't even play right now. (laughs) He's suspended. But did the Jaguars just get their number one receiver for next year without having to go to the draft to tap into it? And that might have been the case. Now, do you like Calvin Ridley as a player? Do you like Calvin Ridley with some of the issues? He's missing the entire season because of gambling on the NFL, which was kind of a weird deal. We talked about it. We didn't really agree with even the entire suspension. A lot of us didn't. But, all right, fellas, that's how we start the show today from the Bullies House of Cards in St. John's County. Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. What say you? Do you like it, or are you perplexed by it? Maybe you get to me first. I think your boy Casey's got a, got a mouthful on it. But, uh, look, if you're a Jags fan going, man, we got nobody to throw to in the red zone. We're getting killed in the red zone. I mean, here's a big guy who can go up and get a, uh, catch, a, catch a fade in the back corner. Also play on the outside. Is he a number one? That question was supposed to be answered this year. I think the question mark still remains. But it's certainly the Jags making an effort to give Trevor the weapons. Something you want to see. Well, and we're going to get into that today because that continues to be a big topic. But also it's a little bit of, hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars agree they need to get more help too because they're looking around the league and watching Tua with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And they're watching uh, Hurts with A.J. Brown. And they're seeing some of the successes. And we're going to have a big conversation about that. And there's some things in common with the guys that are having success and not just young quarterbacks, old quarterbacks too. And there's other things in common with guys that don't have that top flight wide receiver or two or three. Uh, Casey Kurtz, what do you think about this one? Hey, we're playing for 2023, baby. You love to see it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so if we're playing for 23, let's, let's trade some other guys. Why not? No, I don't love it at all. You don't? No, we, we're trying to figure out what the quarterback is now. You know what I mean? They're going to figure out Justin Fields now with Chase Claypool. We're going to have to wait a whole another year to figure this out. Yeah, but you also didn't spend a first-round pick, which means you can go get another guy if you want. You also didn't send a second-round pick. or I mean, you're, well, maybe in 2024. Who knows who's going to be here in 2024? This will be about next year. Next year is going to be a huge year. I think the back half of this year is still a big, big time for Trevor Lawrence and, and Peterson and really Trent Baalke, right? I mean, these, these next two years are huge for everybody in Jacksonville and, and most notably the quarterback uh, to, to make sure he's the right guy and so put stuff around him. And this certainly can't hurt uh, in terms of putting stuff around him. Now we can debate 
all right, what's the situation with Ridley? Because that's what we got to talk about. The gambling thing is whatever, right? I mean, probably, I think. Is it's it whatever? whatever? Yeah, because like gambling back. itself isn't the problem, but like the yeah. boneheaded nature of what he was doing, knowing what was at stake, is that really nothing? I don't know if he really thought about what was at stake or whatever. Like, isn't that I, part of the problem? What, for a 23-year-old guy to not be thinking straight? I mean, he's is 20, that a problem? He's 27. Or whatever, whenever he did it, 25, 27. I mean, that's for a, a guy not to be man, thinking straight. That brain yeah, is fully whatever. developed. Come on now. You're not thinking about all those things at 26, 27 years old. I mean, he, he by the way, like, yeah, it was dumb because he got red flagged. Got popped. To, it popped. That's what happens, right? They have, like, protection in case so it can identify. So you easily could have called somebody else. So it was dumb. But, by the way, I mean. I need a receiver that's going to go up and catch the football and then go for 75. I don't really care how smart he is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so, like, Wonderlick doesn't matter to me, but, like, is this the same kind of guy who would put the team at risk by uh, acting a fool somewhere and not thinking about the consequences? You hope not. Well, here's the thing, though. The bigger thing with, I believe at least, with uh, Calvin Ridley is where's his mental state of mind? Where is he in his in his life like how does he feel because Casey that was be before the gambling he was sitting out because he wasn't or didn't feel right yeah yeah he was before the gambling thing yeah he was sitting out because he was taking like a mental health break which again we were fine with at the time I remember we had the conversation on the show like you know you do what you got to do there but you know that that happens and then he got suspended for gambling so like we haven't seen him play since then he took a leave of absence he got suspended he's sitting out the year and now he's been traded to Jacksonville. Think about that, too, right? There's no – I mean, do we know he wants to come here, right? We'll worry about that down the line. But are we even sure? Like, there's a lot of questions to be asked there. So on, this, on the surface of it, I won't go too deep into it. But, yeah, we haven't seen him play in a while, some because of him and then because of the suspension as well. Well, and here's the other part of that, Casey. My guess is the Jags in the framework of this trade protected themselves a little bit, and that's why you see the words maximum – involved in this deal for the fifth round and second round like that's kind of odd odd language that i haven't seen right ian rapaport's tweet now albert breer's tweet it the jags certainly won't make this official for a couple of days 14 days probably <laughs> until he plays in 2023 let's say oh by the way here's we, what happened we signed the guy <laughs> <laughs> so that's just the way it works but um but I got to believe that's part of the language here. Like, if this guy doesn't come back and he's not ready to play or whatever, I mean, obviously a bit of a risk in your, no matter what. But I think this is fantastic value from the standpoint of this. One, you might have checked the box of receiver. At the very minimum, you add a weapon of some kind. The guy is a good football player. I think yeah. we can agree with that. Is yes. he a great football player? I don't know. But when he's assuming things are okay and he's not gambling anymore and he's okay to play, well, I think it could be a good trade. There's a lot of upside for it. And the other side of it is you didn't take anybody away from the Jags. You know, you didn't take this year. You can still develop. You didn't take Marvin Jones away or an Ingram away or somebody like that. You can still keep your offense intact, keep going. And I think that part is important here with Trevor Lawrence. You don't want to keep moving things around and making it in the middle of the season. See what you got. Keep growing it, expanding it. And then you have the opportunity still with a first-round pick next year and a second or a second-round pick to be able to go even at another weapon, Casey. This, and Aaron, this might set the Jags up 
pretty well if it works on the Ridley front. Yeah, I mean, it could. Yeah, I'll give you that. They didn't have to give up a lot of draft capital to get them. They still have options to use draft picks. And uh, I'm not sold that they're that they're done, to be honest with you, Brent. We still got an hour to go. We'll figure that part out. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't love it. Look, you're talking about a guy in 2020, 90 receptions, almost 1,400 yards receiving, 15.3 average with the Falcons. The Falcons. Nine touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy is bringing with him at least a season of numbers. He is, with Julio Jones playing on the other side. That's true. I mean, it wasn't prime Julio, but, I mean, certainly good enough to help him out. Mm-hmm. And I think they had, uh, was it maybe Hooper at tight end? They had a yes. tight end. They had a pass-catching tight end. They had Hooper as well. Uh, Casey, check the uh, Twitter feeds, by the way. Just make sure we're good on that because it looks like it might have gone out. Um, but give me those numbers again, Aaron. So, uh, 2020, across from Julio Jones and Austin Hooper, Calvin Ridley, 90 receptions, 1,374 yards, a 15.3 average catch, nine touchdowns. I mean, those, are, those are numbers that are pretty close to what you're looking for from a number one. Yeah, I, I think those are pretty solid numbers. I mean, th- listen, the guy's a good player. But that was 2020. And in 2021, he gets hurt. 2022, he's gambling. So now you're talking a good year and a half before you hit the football field again. Yeah, I mean, fair. will you yeah. need some time to ratchet it back up? Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. Like, I don't know what that looks like, but, I mean, he's he's a guy that can really make a play into a big play, which I like. This team does not have a lot of explosiveness in that regard. They haven't been able to. I mean, they're not throwing the football down the field at all. They're not getting big chunk yardage in the pass game. And, again, I think this sets the table for – you to potentially look into the draft and still add somebody else. Like, the TCU kid is, what, the top, top flight receiver coming out next year? Mm-hmm. But they don't. Have, there's not like seven or eight or ten of these guys like there have been in the last couple of years, right, Casey? Like, I haven't done the mock drafting yet. I've tried to stay away from that. But, I mean, th- th- I don't think we have a boon of receivers like alpha potential receivers, one-type receivers that are coming out in the first round if the Jags picked 8th or 12th or 18th or 22nd. So, I mean, this guy, to go along with maybe somebody you get in the second round, you really start rebuilding that wide receiver room and make it young, and you might not have to spend a lot of money in terms of free agency the way these contracts are lately. I mean, does T. Higgins still come into play from a free agency standpoint? Probably not, because the Jags aren't going to have just boatloads of money to spend. Somebody else would outbid them. Okay, so let me read you some of these yeah. names coming out of college at wide receiver next year. Tell me if you've got interest in any of these guys. Because Marvin Mims right now is ranked number one on a couple of lists I'm looking at out of OU. But at 5'11 with a 446, is he really what we're looking for? No. All right, Quentin Johnson out of TCU. Brent just mentioned 215 pounds, 6'4", a 4440. Yeah, I mean, that's the guy. That's the guy, right? Yeah. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, 185, 6 feet tall, 429. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, well, he's having an unbelievable season. He is. So his stock's going to go He's also got a too. great quarterback playing with him. I mean, the Ohio State kid, too, is coming out, likely. Yeah, the Ohio yeah. State kid, the uh, Jackson Smith yes. and Jigba? Yeah. Yep. yeah but so he's small, too. 200 pounds, 6'1", isn't tremendously small. He's actually on the larger side in terms of height of some of these receivers coming out. You got the 6'4 kid out of TCU. You got Jackson out of Ohio State at 6'1". And then uh, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss at 6'2". And Devontian Wicks at 6'2", out of Virginia. I mean, at that point, you're you're at number ten on 
on this list and 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 you're drafting in the second or third maybe even later for yeah. for these wide receivers yeah uh, someone just uh, sent me an article about uh you know calvin ridley and one of the things going into the year you know before the suspension taking over for julio jones and this article is kind of interesting uh he's been money in the red zone well that would be nice right about now <laughs> you know but I, I think you bring up a good point i mean those are monster numbers with julio jones can he do it by himself but i don't think doug peterson's ever going to ask one receiver to do it by themselves i think this would be an, an just a really an added weapon for this football team who's still going to have christian kirk who knows what they're going to do at tight end, but obviously ETN, and, and there's more people to spread the ball to, and this becomes one of those fast receivers, big play opportunity, who has a little bit of, who has a pretty good resume if some of the boxes get checked. I mean, there are some ifs here, but that's where you take the chance. You roll the dice a little bit, and that's why it's only costing you a fifth next year, which leaves you plenty of capital next year. That's nothing. We'll take the fifth was whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we all agree on that. Yeah. And then it's the second in 2024. Well, so Schefter just tweeted this out, actually, and this is kind of how it works. If he, the pick, the 2024 fourth, it, it has a d- couple of different things. But Schefter says it stays a four if Calvin Ridley's on the roster. It goes to a three if Ridley reaches certain incentives, and it becomes a two if they sign him to a contract extension. Well, look, if he's your number one and you're signing him long term, you don't mind giving up a two for a number one wide receiver that you're going to have for the next five years. True. I'm just right? saying there's there's a couple things in play here. That's a lot to digest. Do me a favor and, and do that again. All right. So it stays a fourth round pick if he's just on the roster for what they traded him for to play for the team. It becomes a third-round pick if he reaches certain in- incentives, which I do not see. They're so if he has a good season. Yeah, yeah. the catches, the yards, whatever. And then it becomes a two if they sign him to a long-term deal. And they're like, hey, you're not leaving. Yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable with all that. And, Brent, you mentioned red zone production. So if you want the actual numbers on that going back to 2020, five receptions on 12 targets. So the percentage isn't that high, 41.7, but uh, three touchdowns. I'm sorry, I'm reading Russell Gale. I'm so sorry. Calvin Ridley was eight receptions on 14 targets, a higher percentage of 57%, six touchdowns, 2020. And then in limited action in 2021, again, I think he only had about 30 catches before he got hurt. Yes, 31. Uh, Six targets, I mean, six catches for eight targets is what was thrown at him. He caught six of them, two touchdowns. So you're right. He gets busy in that red zone, and it seems like he doesn't let much get past him. Let me me ask you guys this. And I understand there's more inexpensive dollars on the deal because he's younger and has more left on his rookie deal but the Chiefs just sent the Giants I'm sorry the yeah the Chiefs just sent mm-hmm. the Giants a third and a sixth for Kadarius Tony yeah this is shaping up to potentially be if they don't even resign him a third and a fifth it's a deal yeah like that's not a bad deal it's a deal Casey uh, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, it would be a good deal. Now, I, I want to go. I want to go look it up from when it was happening. But I kind of remember when there were issues with Calvin Ridley originally, and they were talking possible trades. They were looking at like ones and twos. They were. They were. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've seen this in a couple of spots now. He one of the games he bet on was the Falcons and the Jags. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, maybe he won. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> They said that he didn't bet against the uh, Falcons. That's true. So, so he did win. <laughs> okay. So, and, and Clay Harbor just tweeted this. We'll have him on tomorrow. He just said, Calvin Ridley for a 2024 second rounder, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. With pick thrown in. Chicago got Chase Claypool for a 23 second rounder. Who would you rather have? Oh, Ridley. And I like Claypool. 
But Claypool is an unproven commodity. Casey's silent. Uh, it about he's, he's producing. No, nah, yeah. I'm oh, producing. sorry. sorry. Uh, I would rather have Claypool because he's on the field right now. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but Claypool so you, hasn't proved anything to you. He hasn't proved that he can be your number one or even your number two. He couldn't win it in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's, you know, there's a lot of upside to Claypool, too. By sure, the way. Like, sure, I sure, think sure. there's a lot to like. Yes, no, I like Claypool. But what I'm saying is at least, you know, Ridley has done it at an NFL level, at a, at a number one level, at least for a season. Yeah, I think the question here is Cal, uh, Claypool or Ridley, who would you rather have in 23, right? You can't do it now. I understand what you're saying, Casey. It doesn't help you out right now. Like, I get that. But this is a buy low kind of opportunity. Like, I think this is actually a pretty good move good deal. by Trent Bulky. Like All these people wearing clown faces earlier this week, you should be holding your words right now. Now, listen, Trent has not done well with wide receivers, like, over, you know, and most notably A.J. Jenkins. Um, and, and his first round just debacle in San Francisco. And I'm sure because GMs and head coaches and everybody in front office tell you this, that, oh, yeah, we shouldn't have made that trade. Somebody else wanted him type of thing. Well, it doesn't matter. He was the GM. Like, and that was a bad pick and a very bad pick for the local product. A.J. Jenkins busted in a big-time way. So that's just one example. But And now the Kirk thing is kind of debatable right now, right? I mean, I think now that we have an eight-game sample of this, are the ja- did the Jags make the right move? I don't know if it's the wrong move, but it's not enough of a move right now for the amount of dollars they're spending. Hey, but by the way, Calvin Ridley has tweeted hashtag Duval with the Jags logo <laughs> and a couple of things, so Pierce, he's in. Oh, oh cool. Good stuff, well, you're going to have to worry about it, that part it of it. Yeah, it could have gone the other way, so. <laughs> yes, it could have. <laughs> see, he's in, a, he's in on it. Yes, he, he is not going to, at least for now. Now, stay away from the apps, Calvin. Yeah. Okay? Stay away. <laughs> I mean, we need you here, pal. Uh, so, yeah, that's cool that he tweeted that out. So that's new. And then this is, uh, like, I think it's very important. There's two things here at, at work. There's way more than two things. But let's just take two major things at work. One, yes, there are some red flags with this. The gambling thing, I, I still think, was a one-off kind of feel. We had a lot of conversations about that, and it felt really weird that it was going to be a year suspension, but it was like an integrity of the game thing. And I forget what we were kind of juxtaposing that against Casey at the time. There was something else that had just happened in the NFL. And maybe it was the Watson situation. Like, I don't even know. But it just felt odd that it was a year suspension versus what somebody else got for X. And But I really think the other the part of it is, is he all in? Like, is he ready to play football again? Is that okay? Because we have... I mean, if, if that wasn't all there, if he didn't feel all right, like, we have no way of telling that. And the Jags have no way of telling that. And does that, is that something that could resurface? And obviously, you know, you want to make sure a player and a person from, from that standpoint is okay. So I get the red flag nature of it. But I think what Aaron just brings up is something that's pretty interesting. If you go back to when he wanted out and they were thinking of dealing him, some of the asks for him – before knowing that he was going to miss the entire 22 season, there's a lot of respect for his game. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a that's a good game. Again, your year cannot be dismissed, you just said. I mean, that's a big year now. Go ahead and tell me where 1,376 yards or whatever it is and nine touchdowns would rank in Jags history. No, you need like three Let me Evan save Ingrams. you the time. It would rank like fifth. The first four, three of them are Jimmy Smith. One of them's Allen Robinson. Yeah, it's time. You know what I mean? So... And, and, again, we're seeing all this around the league right now, which we're going to have a bigger discussion about on the Trevor Lawrence front. But the quarterback's doing well. Guys went out and got them some dudes, and they're playing like it. 
And that's why those quarterbacks, well, in part, are playing well. And the other guys that lost some dudes, a la Aaron Rodgers, not playing that great, not having a lot of success. So I love this. I love it maybe because I love the action of it. And we get to start off a show from Davoli's House of Cards here on Brent and Friends on ESPN 690 with some breaking news. Great timing, by the way, Jack. Oh, yeah. Great timing. <laughs> right, right to lead us and off. So I like that part of it, but I like the forward thinking here. And the also probable, whether it's an admission or not, I don't know if it's an I don't think they ever said, yeah, we're just going to ride with this group of receivers forever. I think they know right now they need some more help on the outside to get Trevor Lawrence because as fans have really been talking for the last couple months, a lot of people felt like, hey, they're missing a true X. They're missing somebody who can go make a play. They don't have that. And I thought, you know what, after those first three weeks, I'm not sure how you could say that. We're still seeing great, really good offense, not great, really good offensive moments for this team in terms of moving the ball. But as you do a deeper dive inside the numbers, they're missing a playmaker on the outside. They're missing that that ball that can go down the field a little bit. Hey, good so, Lord, it the, took you through week seven to complete a pass longer than 20 yards. Yeah, and I still don't think that stat's right. I don't know that stat wasn't fully correct. I think Rasheen heard that, but uh, because they actually had like a 48-yarder to In the air, Christian or Kirk. was it yards after catch? No, that was, remember the Christian Kirk one? Like he threw, I, I think, against the Chargers or Indianapolis, and he like fingertip grab like down the right down on the hash mark uh, is like 49-yard play or something. So they've had a couple of them even in the air, but not a lot. I so get the, two? I, I, get mean, the con- I get the context of the question, yeah, um, or statement. And so, yeah, I think right now there's evidence the Jags need some help. And uh, the Jags just got some help. Now it's not immediate, but they just got some help for Trevor Lawrence, and they're not done. Like, they have draft picks next year, and it's not going to cost them 20 million dollars at least right away with Calvin Ridley, because the one thing about the Ridley deal, if they do an extension with him at some point, guys, I can't imagine they do an, a blind faith extension with this no, guy. They're no. going to have to see what he brings to the table mm-hmm. after being off, make sure he's ready to go, make sure he's all in, and then that would come at the end of 2023, and I think that's why you see that 24 second rounder, third rounder, fourth rounder in that way so they can see what happens first next year when they have him. Now, didn't Calvin just sign a contract before all this went down? Do we know his contract situation? I'm going to look it up while I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're going to look at Yeah, you could. Obviously, there's an extension somewhere on the table that, that um, hits an escalator here in time for 2024. Mm-hmm. So, wherever he is. His contract's four for ten. Yeah, so he's he's up next year. Uh, he's an unrestricted he's, in 24. He's got a, I, I guess it's an option, or maybe that was how they structured the deal, but he's got one year, 11.1. Yeah, 11.1. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see what they do. Um, the Jags have now tweeted, at least kind of. Uh, we'll have an announcement to make in a few days. <laughs> yeah, they haven't tweeted that, but they have at least jumped in the tweeting fray with some eyeballs. Everyone beat them to their news. Uh, well, that always happens. Yeah. I know. People are saying that this trade was both shocking and a great job by the Jaguars on its face, based on the value of the picks. Uh, yeah, I would say I, I think it's a they're fantastic. In your, they're trade. in your camp, Brent. Yeah, I think it's a really good move. I like the move. I I, I think it's a a somewhat low risk move for the Jacksonville Jaguars with a lot of upside in it. I like that. Like, the, it's a risky business to begin with. 
And the Jags get a year, basically, of Calvin Ridley to kind of figure this thing out at the very least and where they want to go with it. And I like that. And they help their quarterback out. And they help their offense out. And Doug Peterson probably do some fun things with Calvin Ridley. So that's the big story. Calvin Ridley traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's been some blockbuster trades going on in terms of big names. So we'll fill you in on that front. But we start the show off from Devoli's House of Cards with big news for the Jacksonville Jaguars. In 2023, they will have a new receiver. Running on the outside for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. And his name is Calvin Ridley. Played at Alabama, of course. Former Atlanta Falcons star, too. He cannot play this year. If you're new to that part of the story, he is suspended by the NFL for a gambling episode. And uh, he will not play in 2022. But essentially, the Jags get a free agency that came early for 2023. Or a draft pick that came early in Calvin Ridley. We're live at the Volley's House Card. St. John's County be here until 6 o'clock. Come on by. Brett and friends on ESPN 690. We talk more of a wild day already in the NFL. And, well, could we see some more action coming up on ESPN 690? Hey, welcome back to Volley's House of Cards. Brett Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brett and friends on ESPN 690. And... Oh, big news. Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a very complex trade. But what you need to know, three things. Calvin Ridley is not eligible to play this year. He's suspended by the NFL. He'll be due for reinstatement next February. And as long as things stay clean, well, he'll be part of the Jacksonville Jaguars twenty in 2023 and, and hopefully going forward. The Jags give up a fifth-round pick for next year in 23. And then in 2024 is where it gets interesting, according to Adam Schefter. It could be as much as a second-round pick. That's if the Jags, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, give him an extension. It could be a third-round pick if he puts up certain numbers that hit that escalator. And it could be as low as a fourth-round pick if it doesn't really manifest into a very good trade for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we could see as little as a fourth and fifth round pick over two years, but as much as a second and fifth round pick. Did I explain that correctly? I think you nailed it, yeah. <laughs> I hope I did. So it's pretty complex. <laughs> well, that's why Schefter called it a complex trade package compensation. Yeah, it is, it, but I think it also protects the Jags, and I think it's also very low risk in that regard. You're going to find out in 2023 if this guy's a good player still, if he's good for you, and if it is the Jags might have themselves a wide receiver for the next three, four, five years that is a number one or potential number one. And then they also have a guy like Christian Kirk, who is obviously a good player, but is not the alpha guy. The question is, can Ridley be the alpha guy? And does this eliminate the Jags doing even more at the wideout position? Remember now, Zay Jones is under contract for a couple of years. So if you want to just look at it at face value, Casey and Aaron, this actually is Marvin Jones's replacement yeah. in 2023. It slides in real nicely to that number one slot, moving Kirk to the two or the slot, and Zay Jones at three. I mean, that's a decent wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. That is that is what they did, right? They got a guy for 2023. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. So, if somebody wants Marvin Jones... I, I heard there's six-round picks the Jags don't own yet, so maybe they <laughs> yeah. worked that out. Right. Put the bingo card out there for Marvin Jones, or the Jacksonville Jaguars setting a record 
and holding everybody's sixth-round pick in the 2023 How draft. How funny. You get you enter into the sixth round in 2023, and the Jags are just sitting there by themselves. Everyone went home. <laughs> the Jags had every pick. And some year that might happen. <laughs> that absolutely might happen. Um, guys, I, I'm telling you, we're sitting here talking right through it, right? This is all live and happening. It's yeah, like, we're processing through this live breaking news. I love it. I absolutely love it. I don't know if it's going to work, but I love it. You know what? They could go pick a guy in the first round next year at number 14. Oh, no, sorry, number three. <laughs> or they could pick a guy at number, in the second round at 36. And I don't know if that's going to work either. I've seen this guy do it. And by the way, outside of like three or four receivers over the last two years, like all of these wide receivers have always taken a year or two to develop out of the draft, too. It's not like it's an, a, an immediate fix when you grab a wide receiver in the top ten. Yeah, and Casey, I think, brings up the – are we seeing a lot of negative to this at all on social media? I know you had said earlier, like, a lot of people like it, think there's pretty good value. Um, Casey's on the side of, yeah, but what does it do for us today? Yeah, you know, no, we're living K- in the Casey's now. Casey's reading I, fan feedback, I, I, and well, I think I fan it, feedback though. are saying the same thing. That I, Casey I think said. that's fair. I, I understand that. And so would you like Claypool or, or a guy like Ridley? Like, you really think Claypool is bringing you to the playoffs this year, Casey? No, I think you don't know if the quarterback is good right okay. now. And we're, you're going to go a whole nother – you're going to go the rest of this season. You still might not figure it out. So you're going to go into another year still not knowing if the quarterback's good. I'm saying, yes, Calvin really they got him for a deal, right? I'm not mad at it, right? The picks, the compensation, I'm all for it, good and great. But, like, the Bears are going to find out more about Justin Fields this year because they got him a receiver now than the Jags are about Trevor Lawrence. That's but, the problem. But, I have all right, so following that premise, if you, if you buy it wholeheartedly, if you're one of these people that believes like Casey and goes, we don't know if Trevor is actually the goods or not. Mm-hmm. Was Claypool going to help you figure that out? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think so. I mean, did he? He hasn't helped Pickett or Trubisky. Yeah, what do you do for much? Trubisky? I, he couldn't even he couldn't even break into the top two on the Steelers team this year. You're right, he could not. But I think I would have rather seen them do something for this year than next year. All right, and I think that is being echoed by a lot of fans. I, I think, think that's fair. The yeah. trade deadline is an exciting time. Then you hear your team is mixing it up, but then yeah. you see Twitter starting to light up. It's like, oh, we got movement happening. And then it's like, oh, we got to wait nine months. That's depressing. I get it. I I get it. Like, I think, uh, listen, I think it's, I, I think it's like buying a new car and having to wait eight months. To yeah, months. it's like your parents you know, telling like, you they got you a great Christmas present in February. Yeah, yeah. And But but it's going to be great when you open it in December, mm-hmm. right? And we and to be honest with you, we don't know if it's going to be great. But So I, I see that. I, I get that part of the fans. But I, I also agree with you. Like, I think it's a – I don't know if one person was helping Trevor this much. And I also think we're being a little dramatic on the Trevor front of, like, oh, my gosh, he might be a complete bust. Like, no. That's getting louder by the some, day, too. Yeah, it's getting louder because we're in a moment where he just made the same mistake. Really, people are mad at two plays over Trevor Lawrence. Now, there's more to be mad at, but they're mad at two plays over Trevor Lawrence in, in this season. And they're the exact same play. Yeah. And I'm not telling you there's no reason to be concerned about that. But I'm also not ready to say he's a bust because of two plays that he made this year. Not ready to go there. And, and I don't think we should be ready to go there. I think there's a lot of conversation out there about the he's playing more good football than bad football, but his bad football and his bad mistakes are costly mistakes. They're highlight mistakes. They're what-the-hell-are-you-doing mistakes, and, and that's loud. 
Like, I understand that. But, like, I am not even close to the point of, well, yeah, we don't know if this guy, like, like we might have to pick another quarterback in 2023 if you have the number one overall pick. Now, I know Casey kind of leans that. Like, he likes C.J. Stroud or something, or or maybe it's Bryce Young or whatever. And, and it's like, okay, start thinking about it. But here's one thing we know. They're not thinking about it. This – they're not going to give up on Trevor Lawrence after what he had to deal with last year after this year. He is going to get all of this year. He's going to get all of next year. And at the end of 2023, we'll know more. And they just made it possible for us to have even more intel because of another receiver that's coming his way. And you'll have an ETN who's played a year. And you'll have an offensive line that probably will mostly be intact from this past year. And you have a coaching staff that will mostly be intact. But the bottom line is, we can all sit here and talk about judgments on Trevor Lawrence, but they won't be made for real until the end of 2023 season. Yeah. And 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 they shouldn't, in my opinion. I, sh- I think it's interesting that the fan base, and I, I get why they would be excited for trade day and the possibility something might happen. But was anyone out here going, man, we are buyers at the trade deadline in Jacksonville this year? No, I didn't think we were buyers or sellers. I didn't think the Jags would make a move. So the fact that you got a huge piece, potentially, when you had no business being a buyer, shows you the thirst of that front office. It shows you how in they want to be to give the fans something. That's a good point. That's fair. You know, I think that's a fair point. Again, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, listen, I don't think that's a bad point. I think they're saying, hey, we can get better here. We just got a lot of value here again. I think it's a very smart, calculated move about a guy that nobody was it was even on anybody's radar. Nobody was talking about it. I was like, it. I mean, Calvin Ridley out of the blue? Shocking. Wild, man. That so is now, wild. All these pieces that were traded today, and there's been a few, I'm looking at these going, did any of these guys have a place on a Jags team who might have been buyers with a losing record at the trade deadline? And TJ Hawkinson, the, one of the best offensive players in your team right now outside ATN is... Evan Ingram. Yeah, I tell you, the Hawkinson thing would have been pretty wild. And we're, I want to talk about that. I want to ask you guys, we were, came into Devoli's House of Cards today, we were talking a little bit about Hawkinson and, and that trade. And uh, I think the comment here was that Lions are the worst organization ever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but where is Hawkinson? Because I think there's a great tie to Hawkinson. The Jags were going to pick TJ Hawkinson until Josh Allen slid to them at number seven. Mm-hmm. And then they picked him instead. Was that a better move, a good move? Like, would you really want Hawkinson? Like, I like where you're going here. Let's get to the phone lines on Ridley. I think that's what these conversations are about. Let's get to Ryan real quick here on Brenton Friends on ESPN 690. What's happening, man? Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? What's going on, man? Hey, um, I just wanted to make a couple comments. Um, first, I absolutely love the trade because we got to give our franchise quarterback some weapons and people that he can rely on so that way he can grow better. Um, and secondly, I, I'm not even close to saying that he's a bust because really his rookie season was a fluke because, I mean, the coaching staff didn't know what they were doing at all. I, I personally think this is his true rookie season because he has an established staff, and I see improvement. I mean, we're not getting blown out in as many games. We're competitive. I just think there's a lot of improvement, but I think the fans are just really too harsh on their quarterback too soon yeah thanks ryan i appreciate it uh listen i tend to agree with you i also believe that there are there's reason to be critical of the quarterback i mean the quarterback right now i think the biggest thing to be critical are two things a couple of bonehead decisions and a repeating a bonehead decision 
but also, in my estimation, this is a young man that was brought here to help you win football games and flip the franchise and turn it around. And this year, it's safe to say, on a couple of occasions, he has held them back, and he's the reason they're losing. Now, you play the quarterback position, so I think that's going to happen from time to time. The Eagles game is not what I'm talking about. The Eagles game happens to QBs, and especially young QBs. Sometimes you just have a bad game. Joe Burrow had a, what, four or five interception game earlier this year. So, and he didn't play too well yesterday, although nobody did around him either. So, like, that happens. I get it. But when you're playing in a tight game against Houston and a tight game against Denver and you got a chance to win the games and you make really, really bad decisions, that's on number 16. And he can't be doing that. And he's got to stop doing that. And there's reason to be critical for that. So I, I agree with the the tone of most of what you're saying but i also think criticism comes with the position and right now it's okay to be critical of trevor lawrence in some of these respects i think it does get taken a little bit too far when it's like okay he's a bust it's over i don't think we know that <laughs> i don't even think it's close to that and i don't and i'm not there yet um and i know the jags aren't there yet it's very jets-esque of the fan base i i, I <laughs> yes. relate to it very very well Let's get Steven in here real quick, too, on ESPN 690, live from the Bullies House of Cards. What's happening, man? What do you think about this one? Oh, I actually really like the trade. Uh, low risk, uh, high reward kind of thing, in my opinion. Uh, shout out to Casey for agreeing. Uh, I know he didn't know what I'm agreeing about, but Quentin uh, Johnson, he's that dude. Uh, but my main thing is, and I know we have, what, 15 minutes left, uh, I, I, I could have sworn maybe Jawan Taylor would have been dealt just because they picked up an offensive line guy from San Fran, nonetheless, who played tackle, and they were probably just going to give the green light to Little and try and get up for Jawan, but, I mean, we'll see. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. But I do like the trade, though. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, am I surprised no Jawan Taylor? I guess... Not surprised. 16 minutes to go. Um, not surprised. Again, I think I told you guys this last week. When it comes to Jawan Taylor and Walker Little and Cam Robinson, the Jaguars believe, and Bulky believes this, I believe, and so does Doug Peterson, that they have a strengthened position. They feel the same way about their linebacking core. Now, been up and down. Actually, the tackles have been better probably than the linebackers from a consistent standpoint. But they feel like Muma added to an already uh, a strength position of the Jacks. And so you have Foyer, you've got Devin, you've got Muma. And now they're very strong in that room. They don't believe in, I don't think, of taking one of those guys away and making it weaker just because. Now, the just because here could be a business decision. And the business decision is you have nine games left with Jawan Taylor if you don't think you're going to have him in 23 and beyond. So... I could see the logic in trading him, or you think that you're going to sign him, which you would really tip your hand if you traded Walker Little right now to that. And one other note, you can trade a guy like Walker Little later in the year, uh, or in the offseason, I should say, when the league year begins. If you say, hey, Juwan's our guy now, and maybe it makes sense to draft another swing tackle and trade Walker Little away. So there's more time on that. The big one here is Jawan Taylor. You're going to run out of time. You're going to have to make a decision, and what are you going to do? I still think the Jags, if he plays this well, are going to, at the very least, franchise tag him, and they'll find the dollars to be able to do it because they are solid 
on both anchors of the offensive line. Why would you mess with that? Yeah. All right, we got to mess with a commercial break right now. Britain Friends on ESPN 690. Live from Devoli's House of Cards in St. John's County. Come on by, say hello. We'll be back. More of the wild and wacky NFL on a trade deadline Tuesday. Could something else transpire over the next few minutes? We'll let you know on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Volley's House of Cards. Brent and friends on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Let's get Sean in on the line before the top of the hour and talking some Trevor Lawrence. Sean, what's happening, man? Hey, how you guys doing, man? I just wanted to say, well, I agree with the. I like the Ridley trade. I think they need a top-tier receiver, and unfortunately, just can't play until next year. But I think the Jaguars just kind of threw in a towel on that one and said, "Hey, the season's a dunk. Let's just bring him in next year." But as far as Trevor goes, I don't think he's a bust either. I also think that he has an anticipation problem. I was always trying to figure out exactly what was the issue with his his throwing. It seems like he was always off, and it seemed like he, I went back to watch a couple of game films. He he just doesn't anticipate the throw. He doesn't see anything past what's in front of him. That's my opinion. I appreciate it, Sean. And, and I don't know if I think uh, people would disagree with that. But I take this from a different view, guys. And, and maybe it is that he just doesn't either process it quick enough, read it quick enough, pull the trigger quick enough, whatever. But I think you guys have heard me say this before. And I look at it more less of an anticipation problem, more of a confidence, trust problem. I put the word confidence, hashtag trust. Not hashtag. No. Slash. Slash. There you go. Trust. <laughs> hashtag. Um, so, uh, slash trust. And part of this is because I don't think he fully trusts himself, and that might be the reading and the processing and everything else. Part of this in his career, he hasn't trusted a lot around him. And the other part where I put the confidence is this guy, I think, at times plays with supreme confidence, and that's why I think he makes the stupid decisions down near the goal line. Like, I can throw it through a brick wall. And then at other times, I don't think he plays with enough confidence. And so he doesn't pull the trigger and just let it rip. And so that's a fine line, by the way, when you're doing all that with 300-pound men running at you in a small little box. But he just is a little one way or another way at certain times around the game, I think, where he just... What I would say is the game, he's not comfortable enough yet, and it's not slow enough for him yet. And is that a major problem at this stage? That's debatable. But I think given what happened last year, I think there's some of that. And now given what he's done to himself, because keep in mind, these two red zone interceptions in the end zone, Houston and last week, that's self-inflicted, man. Like that is nothing to do with Urban Meyer or anybody else. That's you. And I think that also puts some doubt in his mind. So I think it's more confidence, trust, and I think that's why you're seeing that anticipatory stuff, Aaron, not as sharp. Yeah, I, I, the more I watch that uh, interception in the end zone, I think to myself, I think he thought he could just throw it through the defender. You talk about throwing it through a brick wall. He had some heat on that ball. You don't really see oh, balls thrown like that. In I mean, that was like a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. From like five yards out. Yes, like it was incredible the guy caught it. Yeah. Because of how hard he threw. So, yeah, to your confidence point, yeah, I definitely think that that's going on down there. But, again, and you'll see, go back and look at what how he was playing leading into that one and against Houston. In those drives and right before, he was actually feeling himself pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like he was in a rhythm. And then he's like, too much in a rhythm. Take the play off. Get the second down. Be smart about it. 
And then there's other times where it's like, come on, Trev, pull the trigger. And he doesn't trust it. It's a weird confidence trust thing with Trevor Lawrence at times, not all the time, because other times, man, he just lets that thing go. Well, he might be able to trust in a top 10 wide receiver because that's what you guys bought today. Calvin Ridley is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. More on that, more on the trade deadline, which is about to expire in four minutes. We'll be back on ESPN 690.